This episode brought to you by Appeal. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. Learn more at appeal.com. Hello and welcome to Cooking Issues. This is Dave Arnold, your host of Cooking Issues, coming to you live on the Heritage Radio Network every Tuesday, although I think this is the this is the last one, maybe before the new year. I don't know, we'll see. This is, in fact, the Christmas episode. Uh, I'm your host, Dave. I'm here in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. Uh, we got Nastasia the Hammer Lopez at her undisclosed uh, Southern California uh, location. How you doing? Good. Yeah. We have uh, John, uh, intrepid customer service representative, uh, back up in Lime. Is it Old Lime or Lime? Is there really a difference? Or is there only really one Lime? I think there is a difference, but we are in Lime proper. Lime proper, not old lime. No. You think old lime is one of those kind of like post editions where old lime is actually newer, but they call it old lime and they add like like an extra D and an E, like oldie limey? I, I, I don't know. I hadn't thought and about mi- it, but it, you could be right. Yeah, in Mystic, Connecticut, the real Mystic is Mystic, and then they have something called oldie mystic-y villagey with like all kinds of like stupid shoppies. Do you guys hate... By the way, okay, got Matt in Rhode Island. How you doing? <laughs> Good. I can't wait to yeah. hear the end of that question. Yeah. And and I want to bring him in now just because anytime I get to hear his voice is a pleasure. Uh, Christmas tradition. We have on uh, the show today, friend of the show, Phil Bravo. How you doing, Phil? Good morning, Dave. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And uh, as you know... Um, Phil Bravo is the closest living human being to Thurl Ravencroft, a.k.a. Uh, Tony the Tiger. He was uh, also one of the voices in uh, Spike Jones's novelty band back in the 40s and 50s and was most importantly for the purposes of today's show, not the narrator, who is Boris Karloff, also a great voice, uh, but the singer of the original Grinch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I have to go through that every year in case people haven't listened before. But that's that's and uh, Nastasia, how long have you been pestering Phil about doing the the Grinch? Doing the Grinch? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you did it the first time like ten years ago, Phil, at the Gaff Karaoke, right? Or something? It was at the Gaff, forty forty yeah. eighth and ninth Christmas Karaoke, yeah. non denominational holiday uh, Karaoke. D- now, the, that bar, which you guys used to like to go to, the gaff is named after the hook that you stick through a fish's face, right? don't know. I thought it was, like, when you make a mistake, oh. right? Oh, like a gaff? Yeah. I, or think like... that that's, I think that's two Fs and an E. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I think, well, uh, uh, I mean, it, I think we just, we just assumed based on our behavior. Well, also, that that <laughs> bar is near what used to be a film neighborhood. That's why the film center building and everything's over there. Maybe it was. Maybe that's where gaffers went. True. Did, that, yeah, that would be did, weird if gaffers had their own bar. Yeah. What do gaffers? What do gaffers? Do Everyone gets their own bar. Everyone gets their own bar. Why can't gaffers have? They tape things to things. Gaff tape. They tape okay. what to what, Dave? They they tape stuff to stuff. Give like, me, you know what I mean? It's things, like give me an example. Give me an example. It's like, hey, moron, that light's going to fall and kill the talent. Get the gaffer. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that. So if gaffers gaff, yeah. then what does the best boy do? I mean, first of all, are they still called the best boy? Or do they I have think, a, like a gender neutral? 
best boy. I think that is just like um, that's like the highest position you can have without having a producer credit, right? <laughs> Like, best boy. (laughs) Like, I mean, I don't know. I'm not in the business. Someone needs to tell me. But it's like, I thought, like, you know, if you, if if the coffee that you get is really, really good, you get, like, some, like, third-tier producer credit. So, like, just below that is, like, is, like, best whatever, right? I mean, Anastas, you hang out with people. I always thought, I thought it was most favored dog on set. It's, like, better than a good boy, you're the best boy. Can you imagine if they just had a bunch of dogs chilling and then the dog starts barking and gnawing on stuff? What? Yeah, and then at the end of the production, they nominate one to have been best boy. It makes sense. Uh, it does. What if the what if instead of a dog, it was a rabbit, and the rabbit continuously chewed through all of the cables, so they have to keep going through rabbits because they would electrocute themselves on the regular. That seems like that would hold up production quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's all about tradition. If the tradition is having a rabbit chewing through your cables, why do rabbits chew through electrical cables? Uh, or were you guys not aware that this was a thing? I was just waiting for the punchline. No, this is a real thing. <laughs> it's not a setup. This is a real. Yeah. This is real. This is real. Uh, oh, speaking of speaking of uh, although of punchliney things, Nastasia, I had found a fact that I did not know that I think you might actually enjoy. Not being sarcastic. Okay. Are you aware that the and so everyone who knows knows that Nastasia Lopez. Is works with cooks, but is actually a fan of comedians, right? So not a fan of cooks, but a fan of comedians, <laughs> but works in the cooking field, right? Okay. Yes. I, 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 that's fair, correct? Mm-hmm. Cooks and comedians, same patron saint. Ooh. What does yeah. that mean? What do you mean? You, aren't, you, aren't you at least part Catholic? Patron saint. You know what a patron so saint it's like is. real. Yeah, it's real. Hmm. Yeah. St. Lawrence. Get this. Here's why. St. Lawrence is the patron saint of both cooks and comedians because of one wisecrack he made while being martyred. So he's being, well, so the legend goes. Who knows how it actually went down, right? So there's these seven deacons, uh, and they, you know, they, he was the last one to get martyred. And the, uh, you know, the, whoever it was that was, you know, persecuting him, some Roman weasel, uh, was persecuting him. And said, you got to bring us all of the riches of the church. All of it. Bring it all because we're going to confiscate all of this crap. And so I'm on, the, I'm on the radio show books. And so then what happens is, is, he, is instead he gives all the stuff away to the poor, brings the poor folks to the thing. He's like, here's the riches of the church. It's the poor people. Wah, wah. That's not why he's the thing, though. Here's what happens. The, the Romans are so mad that they order him to be cooked over a fire. Right. And here, here's where it comes. So they, they spread out a big, you know, gridiron, you know, a big, you know, grate. And they, they fire up the coals or whatever they had back in the day. And they throw them on the on the on the coals. And before he dies, he goes, I'm done on this side. Turn me over. And that was it. Patron saint of comedians and cooks. That's good. Also, uh, if it's if it's Lawrence, I like it seems appropriate that it's patron saint Larry. Yeah. yeah. Larry, Larry for comedians. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Larry, for, yeah, yeah. But can you imagine like, being like, I'm going to get this one last zinger in. I'm done on this side. Turn me over. Boom, boom, boom. If only they had this stuff, you know? They had drums. If only they had drum kits back in the day. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I thought you would enjoy that. Did you enjoy that? That's good. good and day? I picture Larry David as that saint. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah. Ah. Uh, 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 we could totally do we that. Could we could get you totally... a figurine. We got to make you a bespoke I'm sure they have a Larry, Larry David patron saint. 
somewhere. Well, we have a meat glue question later if we get to it, so we could talk about getting a Larry David like uh, mask, stuffing it with meat, and making an actual meat Larry, like Saint Larry David that we could grill on one side and then turn over. What do you think? I don't know about that. Do you remember how disturbed people were when uh, we were making meat uh, Easter bunnies and deep frying them, Nastasia? I don't think I was with you then. Really? Yeah. We took we took the Easter bunny chocolate molds that they had at the FCI, and then we uh, like meat glued because we <laughs> want it to be nice and firm. We meat glue and packed meat into the uh, things, and then low temp them, and then we had these meat bunnies, and then we would deep fry the meat bunnies. And for some reason, people found it disturbing. I don't think that's that bad. Me neither. Yeah, this doesn't make D- any sense. If you were down to cook some rabbit anyway, what difference does it make it? Oh, yeah, here's another thing. Yeah. Here's another thing, guys. Since I since we don't have a uh, a, a you know a bar anymore, another thing we were gonna do last year we didn't get it in time. But but this year you know we, we didn't do it. Is we bought some silicone Santa Claus molds, right? <laughs> and then we packed we we took our uh, our chicken liver mousse, right? And packed them into the Santa molds, chilled them, and then had. Santa, it's like Santa chicken liver things. They were pretty good. The problem is, is that they get like, if you have to chill them too much, they get a nasty kind of bloom when they come out. If you let them sit around too long, obviously they oxidize because it's chicken liver mousse. But the molded Santa uh, mousse, I thought was a nice, was a nice thing, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Wait, can I, jump, right. can I jump the line with a cooking question? Why not? Okay. I was cooking skate for the first time a few weeks ago. And wait, wait, wait. You've never cooked skate before? I had never cooked skate before. Okay, how did you, how have you lived this long as a pescatarian? I'm just curious. How have you lived this long as a pescatarian from Rhode Island and not cooked skate Well, before? first of all, like, how did I, spent all I spent many a year as a vegan, so that's part all of right, it. All right, all right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, anyway, okay, so, and my wife and I, Kate, we're sitting down at a meal, and... Uh, all of a sudden she's like, are your lips tingling? I'm like, yes, they are. And then we look this up and apparently skate sometimes, uh, secretes like urea. Is any of this ringing a bell? Do, so should one all be of, worried all about of that? These... Is it a flaw? Like what, how do we feel no, about No, no, so listen, skate is a cartilaginous fish in the way that sharks are, right? So all of those, uh cartilaginous fishes use you know certain kinds of you know those kinds of compounds for buoyancy some more than others buoyancy changes and it's just it's just they do that whereas the the bony fishes typically do not right uh also some squid are very high in kind of unpleasant you know uh, things that's why like certain squid have to be treated differently than other squid right that said the average um skate that you buy in a market does not have uh high, you know high amounts of, the, of those kind of compounds whereas some sharks if you buy them they do you ever john you ever buy a, a shark and had it be real like you know real stinky real anyway uh the skates that you buy in a market probably uh don't and that's also probably not causing your allergic uh tingly reaction there is a relatively well-known uh allergy some people have to skate mm-hmm. uh in fact uh, you know, a, a famous chef, my brother-in-law, I won't call him out, but his name rhymes with Bailey Mufrain, 
he is allergic to uh, skate, and so as a consequence, because he didn't want to be allergic to everything, he would fabricate it as much as possible to try to like beat the allergy out of himself. Um, so it's it's real, but you know I wouldn't be concerned, and I don't think it's because of residual urea. Could be wrong, but I don't think I am. But here's the thing: what's awesome about skate? Did you notice the best thing about skate, Matt? Uh, no. What is it? It is that it is one of the very few fishes, and John, Phil, Phil you, you know what I'm going to say. What is amazing about skate? Uh, I lost John. Uh, Where is he? I'm here. I don't. It's, I don't know that there's meat on both sides of the the bone. You stumped I don't him. Know. No, it's that you can beat the ever loving crap out of it. You can hammer it, oh, and it yeah. still tastes forgiving. good. Yeah, that's true. It's the most forgiving of all fishes. Of all fishes created. In, on this earth, huh. skate is the most forgiving. You can just do anything to it. I definitely, I read something. So after we, you know, we started to go down this rabbit hole of like, well, why is this tingling sensation happening? And I definitely read things like, oh, you, the more you cook skate, the more like tender it gets and the better and whatever. Mm. I was like, what? You, uh, that's a, that's that, a little over. That's a little bit that, much. I try. I, no, so no. then I threw a piece on and was like, you know, let's, okay, let's test this. And it was not better having cooked for longer. It was. No, no, no. Yeah. However, it is, it is the most forgiving, I think, uh, fish. The weirdest fish, uh, cartilaginous fish uh, I've ever cooked is the fresh version. I believe the technical, the genus is Harpedon. And it's the, um, it's the fish that is used to make the uh, dried specialty Bombay duck. And it is comp- it, when you cook it, the entire interior of the fish completely liquefies like a gelatin. It's we- the weirdest fish I've ever cooked. So I used to deep fry them whole and eat them. I stopped because uh, if you let them, they're great when they're hot, but if you let them cool off, they are vile. They are disgusting. And as everybody knows, you can't trust your family to eat when you tell them to. They just don't do it. So I couldn't have them just sitting around turning vile. But those things were great. Yeah. Um, so I'm sorry I couldn't answer your question other than uh, if you're both tingling and it, pro- it, it actually, you know what, now that I'm rethinking, if both of you were tingling, it's maybe something wrong with that particular or something in that particular batch of skate because what are the odds that both of you have the same reaction yeah. low, low right yes have any of you other guys heard of uh, this reaction with skate no no maybe it's some sort of like you know rhode island is currently like you know a weird poisonous land maybe yeah. maybe it's rhode island <laughs> Bill, you only eat tilapia right that's what I was gonna. Uh, what I was mainly gonna say is, I just know the reaction to tilapia, which is you cook tilapia and then Nastasia complains for about thirty-seven hours. Uh, Phil, 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 <laughs> Phil. Rightly so. Listen, it's not like it's not like Nastasia's distaste for tilapia is not known to you, and it's not like it's unreasonable. It is a filth fish. It, it is. It is the, it is the Kenny G of fish. Now, Dave, Dave, it's Christmas Eve. You got to get through seven fishes. I got it. One's got to be tilapia. I'm not. No. Uh, fish don't grow on trees here, man. Uh, well, apparently they do in that North Carolina. Indis- you know? Indisputably true. Fish do <laughs> not <laughs> grow so, on trees. Nastasia, am I allowed? To, am I no. allowed to say this Food or no? Science. No, no. I'm not allowed to say this. No. All right. Uh, okay, I will not. Uh, now listen. First of all. Uh, 
you could do you could do like a, a salt cod, a great appetizer, right? You could do uh, my, you know, you get some salt cod. I think the best thing to do with with that is to you know like do like a brandad style or like a, you know like wh- whip it up with uh, whip it up just with with oil and makes a fantastic like cod dip. That's one fish right there. No tilapia, right? Like what else? What do you? Sh- You're in California, don't they have fish over there? He's in Portland. He decided to spread COVID up there because there wasn't enough cases. <laughs> yep, just went oh. cough, coughing up the western seaboard. <laughs> so how long is your beard now? Have you gone full lumberjack? Oh yeah, no, it's more ZZ ZZ top at this point. Oh, nice, nice, nice. I, I You're not allowed it, to go ZZ top unless you buy the guitar strap that allows you to flip your guitar uh, 360 degrees in the middle while you're while you're playing legs. I didn't realize there was, a guitar, there was a guitar strap that didn't allow for that. That's... Let me ask. Oh, oh, oh! I was, I was about to lose it on you, and like you're like, I didn't know you. Why go yeah. back after that? Yeah, what exactly. a mention. This is, Phil, this is like what a once, save. Once you've had tilapia, why go back? Anyway, I would basically say any other fish would be a good call. Like, I, I would prefer if someone served me eight pounds of Escalar and I spent the rest of the night on the toilet pooping out the wax. Then, um, then wow, Booker, I'm on the radio here. <laughs> no, no, no. Booker, Booker's color, color commentary is welcome. <laughs> yeah. I just, but it's a well-known, the, like yeah. Escalar is a delicious fish, right? But it contains waxes that are, shall we say, indigestible, like the olestra of fish. And so, you know, it, it can have some results on the way out is all I'm saying. <laughs> the, the main uh, thing is uh, when you're trying to, you know, create a, a real holiday event, you, you want the full-out Frank Costanza coming out of Nastasia's mouth. So you make tilapia. You don't necessarily take the bones out of the salmon. Oh, you like, God, you know. Right. This is what I don't, don't like don't about you. Don't devein the shrimp. Did, did, just let it go. Oh, oh. This, is what, this, is, this is what I don't oh. like about the greater Nastasia universe, like Marvel and DC universe. Uh-huh. Is, this, is this like friends? Like, I'm okay with messing with each other, but you guys mess with each other in ways that are like – they just make your life worse. Everybody's life is worse. Like the classic, like <laughs> Nastasia Universe thing is, is like, ooh, I'm gonna make something to give you gastrointestinal distress. It's also gonna give me gastrointestinal distress, but it's worth it because I get to see you suffer. You gotta Feels commit like, to the joke, I get to Dave. See, I, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like, eh, I mean, I don't know. It's like, it's like this culture of cutting off your nose despite your face. I just don't get it. That's what our our friendship is all based on. I think, right? Phil? Yes, mutual spite. <laughs> Yeah. Did you meet I in mean, some sort of like misanthropes camp? <laughs> the Hell's Kitchen. That's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. that's true. We're just oh my God. They, for... they should have uh, done you guys for that instead of uh, Jessica Jones and freaking The Flash or, or Dash or whatever his name is. Uh, Daredevil, that's it. Yeah. Um, all right, all right, all right. So listen, before we get into some – should I rip some, some questions and then we go – or should we do the, the Phil and, the, and the, the charity call out, the end of the year charity call out first? I told Phil he could get off at fifteen at nine fifteen. So I know. Like, hey, Phil, listen, I'm just Nastasia, respectful of your schedule, Phil. I don't know. Well, Nastasia, yeah. remember this radio show takes place in the Eastern Time Zone. Uh, yes. This Nastasia is also yeah. that kind of person who's like, if she's in another time zone, what, she's what like, I heard is that Phil can around. stay on for nine more hours. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dave, and I will do it. I have a food question, Dave. Oh, okay. Right. I have, I have one. This is uh, a, okay. so I would scotch, uh, scotch eggs. So I want to oh, make, delicious. I want to make scotch eggs, but this is. Don't my, use tilapia, Phil. Don't use gonna, tilapia That's the thing. The I was going to wrap them in tilapia and then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a nice little tilapia and sausage stuffing. 
Um, yeah. So if you sous vide the eggs and get like uh-huh. you, if you like do it uh, like a ramen egg, scotch mm-hmm. egg instead of like the really hard boiled. Yep, like done every, it. Every every time I do this, I like uh, you know I'm trying to peel the egg, and it's like I destroy I destroy like 73 eggs on the way to one scotch egg. So what's my yeah? One? Well, then you haven't yeah. actually done it with a circulator. You've tried to imitate a circulator. Any look the 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 super crackout method that is used with a immersion circulator, right? The problem with those is that they're so soft that they're hard to stuff, right? So you cook those at sixty two, right? Or if you want a little thicker, sixty two and a half. You um, you. Let, you can let them cool, whatever. You crack them out. Then you take them through boiling water to firm up the white on the outside. The advantage of that technique versus traditional, honestly, is that there's less white. And everybody knows that in a scotch egg, it's really like you got your sausage and then some sort of thing that's holding the yolk together on the inside, right? So, like, I think that the reducing the white ratio is a huge win of doing an actual low-temperature egg for a scotch egg. But um, what... You're do you can't if you're going to do what you want to do and you want to peel it traditionally. I would actually say put them into boiling water, simmering, right? Because you don't want them to rattle around and get busted. I would put them into very hot water because the, the if you start from cold water, the colder the water you start with with an egg, the harder it is to peel. There's been study after study of this that it's hard to peel eggs that were started from cold. So you want to go in uh, super hot, right? And then um, you want to take them out before the yolk sets, so you have to time it relatively accurately. Put them in ice water to cool them down quickly so that you don't continue to cook through. Uh, then you should have an egg whose white is hard enough to peel accurately. All right. I'll give this a try this afternoon. Uh, uh, I want to say one thing. Else? The Go worst ahead. friend thing that we did during the holidays <laughs> is when Phil Bravo showed up late to my holiday party in my apartment because he used to live below me and Grace. Mm-hmm. And he was supposed to have eggnog as a as a starter drink for everyone. But he just he came an hour late and he had hadn't even made the eggnog, hadn't even cracked the eggs. So what happened, Phil? Um, all right. So the way that that this went down, Dave, is that I spent approximately two hours cracking uh, eggs and like getting things prepped. Nastasia came. This is like this is this story is flipped around. She came downstairs into our Wait, apartment. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right. It took you two hours to crack eggs? Nah, you know, it's a figurative two hours. It was a it was a good amount of time. I cracked like forty seven eggs or something. Whatever eighteen oh. times three is, Dave. You're the scientist. Okay. All right, so uh, I crack all these eggs. They're sitting in 18 this... 18 times 3 is 47. <laughs> exactly. What are you on, crack? <laughs> exactly. Uh, this is why I'm a terrible cook. Uh, but I, I leave the eggs in the sink because it's like, you know, it's a Hell's Kitchen tiny sink. Everything is tiny. Nastasia comes barreling into the apartment, goes, angry. like, take angry, turns the on the turns on the, uh, the water into the eggs. Is like, this is all dirty. Uh and then it took another two hours to to make said eggnog. This isn't a great story, right. Nastasia. The setup listen, here is at, uh, I was doing a, what I was supposed to do. Listen, with this, Phil, was, uh, Phil, ruining everything. I'm not taking <laughs> any any sides here, but I'll tell you what. Like all of us use the sink for messy work, so we have stuff that we're going to keep in the sink. And when people, whenever anyone approaches me, and Phil, you should learn this. Whenever anyone gets near you when you're working in the sink, you got to do this. Oh! oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, but the, the, 
<laughs> I didn't know Nastasia long enough yet. So now when Nastasia comes no, no, near no, no. me, anyone. in any circumstance, yeah, but when Nastasia comes near anyone. any circumstance, it's just Phil, anyone. Ah! Ah! Jesus comes back from the dead, <laughs> floats through your window, goes near the sink. Whoa, 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 don't turn the sink, Jesus. Anyone. <laughs> anyone. The Pope, like, whatever, Elton John, like, wh- whoever comes in, like, you tell them not to touch the sink because it is entirely reasonable for someone to turn on the sink. Because you know why? It's a sink. But also, it's entirely reasonable for you to be working in the sink, and so you have to make that clear. Nastasia, do you agree with me or disagree? Yeah, but I was just angry. Yeah, she, this, was, also this was my apartment, and she wasn't doing anything in the sink. I think she literally just, like... Spite. Her, it's like it's an instinct. Yeah, the spite just came up, like, you know, yeah. it welled up through her. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, by the way, <laughs> by the way, Nastasia, uh, have you watched Rudolph this year? Oh, I haven't. Have, well, you have because you have kids, but I have not. You got to get on that Rudolph. Got to do I that. You're gonna say something else. Uh, what? <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I will. We've watched. Uh, we've watched all the Rankin, all the Rankin Bass uh, stuff. Nice. Um, but like my kids are old enough to not really need it anymore. It's just a family thing at this point. Cute. Yeah. Are you a fan of? Cute. Are you a fan of Elf, or is that like you know? Is it, do you like game? the homage? Do you not? Well, they're fair enough. All right. I just my it's my favorite thing of the holiday season is bye, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Mr. Narwhal. Yeah. My favorite, uh, like my favorite in Elf is uh, I know him. You know what I mean? When 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 these like Santa's coming here tomorrow, he's like, oh my god! <laughs> he freaks out. I didn't realize well, I, how funny because I had rewatched it for the first time in many years. The the little person scene is with uh with Dinklage. Yeah, where he oh, where it's, Elf it's crazy. Just doesn't call know. me an Elf one more time, and then he does the wave. Yes. Yeah. He does the wave, and then he does the run, flying, yes, running. Yes, so good. And, and Will Ferrell's holding out. like he, Remember when the raccoon hits uh, Will Ferrell? He tries to give the, you need a hug, Mr. Raccoon? And the raccoon flies at him. <laughs> oh, so God. good. That's so good. Uh, was it the other? Oh, uh, the, the one that we use in, in our family all the time is uh, you smell like beef and cheese. Like, yeah, you smell like <laughs> beef and cheese. Yeah, you don't smell like you smell like beef and cheese. I I feel like at random times of the year, Nastasia just yells at Dave, "You sit on a throne of lies." <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Well, that's just that's not because of Elf though. That's just the case. Yeah. Um, Wait, Dave. Can you, of, Dave, can you talk about yeah. the the show that we watched where we were horrified? We watched it. Which one would that be? Oh, which which one? The Ed Asner thing. You and I. Our text, I have a screenshot of them. It is so funny. You and I were horrified. Horrified. But it's oh, also okay, for so a they good were, cause. Really good they're cause. Doing a, uh, they're doing a screen, uh, they're doing a, um, a, a read-through, a table read, right, of uh, It's a Wonderful Life. And as I say, here's the thing. For those of you that don't know, uh, I don't watch it anymore because I got uh, saturated with It's a Wonderful Life because my crazy uncle Larry used to come over to the house at Christmas time because we would all you know be at the same house at Christmas time, and he would find whatever TNT marathon was, and he would keep It's a Wonderful Life on an endless loop, endless loop, and this is before we you know we we didn't own it. It was just it was oh it was crazy, and so uh, I'm saturated, but. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas thing with uh, Jimmy Stewart, 
And so Jimmy Stewart is the main character. And so they in, instead of Jimmy Stewart, they got Pete Davidson. Now, I like Pete Davidson. <laughs> Stasi likes Pete Davidson. Wait, really? Yeah. He yeah. did a really if, good job, Matt. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Jimmy Stewart, well-known, like, old-style, like, literally a bomber pilot in World War II, like, like the exact... I cannot imagine Jimmy Stewart getting baked. I cannot imagine Jimmy Stewart even acting like someone who is getting baked. He, like... Like, Pete Davidson and Jimmy Stewart are the exact opposites of each other. And so I think a lot of people reacted negatively to the idea of Pete Davidson doing this table read, but I thought he did a good job. Yeah. Especially this. Like, you know how, like, a, in a table read, like, you're not doing, like, the necessarily the full acting thing because you're just reading it, you know, ostensibly for the first time? But sometimes, whenever Pete had to get angry, he went full Staten Island on people, and that was real. Right, Stas? Yeah, that was good. That was Go good. get your mother! I was like, whoa, geez. Whoa, Pete, I'm feeling that one. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. Uh... So, but they had some technical difficulties, and uh, your boy Ed Asner, the Santa, the real Santa from Elf, not the beef and cheese Santa, he's about 800 million years old, right, Stas? Yes, yes. And so he was sitting in this chair. He played chair. Old Man Potter. He played Old Man Potter. And so he was sitting in this chair, and every time they would cut to him, he would have a different blanket on, but he wasn't moving. Like, so I think people were just swapping out his blanket, and he had a big Kermit the Frog colored mug of tea. And then he would just, as it was going, fall asleep in the, mid, in the middle of the day. And then they would wake him up. He'd be like, he'd flip through the pages, do his line. But he's a perfect potter because, you know, he's like the master curmudgeon. And Vanessa Williams was the narrator. She did a great job. Uh, her and her brother, who I didn't really know beforehand. And then as they cut out, they forgot to cut Ed Asner's mic immediately when they cut. And he does the classic old man, who is our narrator again? And then they cut out, boom. That was the end. It's for a good cause, though. For good. It's for uh, the Ed Asner Center, which supports um, uh, people who are on the autism spectrum, which obviously is a cause dear to my heart. And this leads us into the charity portion of the uh, episode. Nastasia, what's going on? I thought we were doing Phil singing first. What does it matter? Okay, let me get the email. I don't have the email. Oh, Phil, Phil's got to go teach recorder. He can't stay on long. Is Phil still on? Yeah, oh, Phil's on. on. Okay. I'm. I'm like again. I'm sitting by the uh, the like in the basement, uh, like by the Home Alone furnace. So I'm trying to mute just in case. It, All right. Uh, so while, while Nastasia is getting that stuff together, can you hum your favorite uh, recorder version of uh, Lady Greensleeves? <laughs> Lady Greensleeves. I can't even hear Greensleeves in my head right now. Uh-huh. I see. That's the. And uh, yeah, yeah. Go, go. What is like the do 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 There you go. Merry Christmas, yeah, Dave. Yeah. It's there not it supposed to be that. It's, it's, if it's not supposed to be that low, it's like supposed to be like you know idiots with panpipes and stuff running around. What did you bring like Phil Bravo thing. on for his falsetto? Yeah, I got I, I got one range, man. Uh, speaking of falsetto, there's a new B. There's new Bee Gees. Uh, what's it called? Um, documentary out that I'm sure Nastasia is going to wish to see because uh, I haven't watched it yet. Yeah. Yeah, she's a fan. Uh, okay, ready? So we in our newsletter, we had asked for people to send us our charities to call out on the air uh, for people to give at the end of the year. And we have some. So from Brady Vickers, 
he or she said uh, that Southern Smoke is a great charity. I, he's sure it's already on our list uh, since we worked. It is a great charity. Guys. We've worked for them before. Yeah. yeah. Chang just won a million dollars for them on the, yeah. Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. The nice thing about that charity is that, um, you, you know, the people, it's like a direct, it's a direct give. Like uh, the story, were you there with me that night or were you, did you make it or were you, I know you, you came, but you might have been. You were late. I don't know if you heard his story where like they this uh, line, this no, line cook. Yeah, yeah. This line cook got it, it hit, right, by a car or something like that. And he was in the ICU and like the, he, they didn't have enough insurance to pay for the bills. And so, you know, basically I think they were going to pull the plug on the guy. And the mom heard about Southern Smoke and called Southern Smoke. And they were like, yeah, and they paid his med bills and he's alive today. So like that's the kind of thing they can do, like direct – action for to help actual individual humans in the hospitality industry so they're good right yeah and then the next two are a result of the story that we posted on our newsletter about how you and i made thirty thousand cookies for the troops and nobody wanted them so i think people thought Mm -hmm. we were doing that again this year uh 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 john what's french for oh hell no absolutely not but yeah um, but if people are baking cookies and want to give them, uh, they're from Julie Snarsky, our old friend at David Michaels. Oh, nice. Yeah. She said that, uh, there's a company in Boardman, Ohio called Buttermaid Bakery. Um, and they ship palace cookies to soldiers around the world. Uh, she mm. also works for an organization or an organization called Caring for Friends. Um, and they're in Northeast Philadelphia by David Michael, and uh, they help people uh, get meals that need meals. So there's that if you're on that side of the world. And then uh, there's also another place, Mercer Street Friends in Trenton, New Jersey. And then Robert from SoCal said uh, he lives in San Diego and he's been to existing conditions. Uh, he loves cookies and he'll gladly pass them to the homeless in San Diego if anyone is baking cookies because Dave and I are not. Yeah, and and if you work with Nastasia, she'll take a bite out of it first and then hand it. <laughs> it is not true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. No, she didn't take a bite of any of our cookies, but this is a well-known Nastasia Lopez trick, which we won't talk about now. We'll talk about it later. If someone is curious, we can talk about this famous trick later, but not today. Yeah. Um, all right. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, and so um, I, sh- I would be remiss. Well, we're talking about direct action charities. I mean, obviously, whatever. I won't get it. I'm not going to get Which it. Which one are uh, you going to say? I'm going to say MoFed. You gotta, you, what? Well, I think. <laughs> okay. I think well, this is more like charity for charity. Charity. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, People that need mm-hmm. things type uh-huh. thing. All right. Yeah. Uh, speaking of people that need things, before Phil Bravo, I'm going to talk about a little a little Christmas miracle that Booker and Dax could use. Get this, people. So uh, listeners of the show or people who have gone on Amazon and tried to purchase it, we've gotten a lot of emails recently. Hey, why can't I buy a Searsall? Here's the answer. The answer is, and we've spoken about this before, that uh, Amazon – you know, because someone someone didn't follow the instructions and didn't understand that when you season a searzol, you have to burn off the binder in the insulation. It says so right on the package. It's a well-known thing. Uh, there it is. 
Uh, and so, but because this person complained, Amazon now is asking us for quote unquote certification from a laboratory that is quote unquote certified. Here's the funny part. And here's where we need our Christmas miracle. If anyone out there can hear my voice and understands what I'm saying, right? Amazon just wants it to be certified. But when we told them that we have spent, before we ever came out with the Sears Law, that we spent months trying to find any sort of standard for what we're doing and came up with zero because there are literally no standards for it, right? And, and, and to be a standard, it has to be a standard that was written by a body like UL, like uh, the uh, NFPA, National Fire, you know, but one of these bodies needs to write a standard that then laboratories will um, do, right? And so we told Amazon there is no standard. And they were like, how about this standard, uh, UL-147, which is a standard for torches. And we're like, well, that standard doesn't apply because we're not making the torch. And they were like, you're right, that doesn't apply, but you need to find something. But here's the thing, labs won't certify things unless there is a standard. And they won't just, for instance, like I could say to me, I could say, hey, listen, the Searsall is actually a plush toy. Can you just certify it that it's uh, safe as a plush toy? And right, but they won't do that. Like labs <laughs> don't play that game because they don't want to lose their 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 standing. It'd be like, listen, and there's no standards for th for inert hunks of metal. Like there's no standard for a ladle, right? Um, other than you could get NSF for a ladle, but we can't get NSF but for could, uh, but a, a ladle. Is dangerous because I could bash your head out with it. Oh, and have wanted to many times. But my point is that, like, is it that, that, that there's literally no standard? So, like, a, a friend of ours was like, why don't you try to write a standard? But then, so I wrote a standard, uh, you know, about, like, how to check to make sure that this inert hunk of metal wouldn't catch on fire, which, of course, it cannot, right? And then, uh, but the labs are like, this is not a regular standard. We won't do it. So we've been to like, uh, I think four labs in Shenzhen and like one in Hong Kong. And no one, because here's the thing, labs are worried about their name, right? And they don't want to put a, a certification mark on a product if it's not a standard that is recognized. And we're like, we don't need a certification mark on, on the product. We just need to send a piece of paper on your letterhead to Amazon saying, literally that you are a lab and you have looked at it. It's so meaningless. And this is why you guys can't buy a Searsall because the decision of the judges is arbitrary, but also final. Give them the best part, right? Dave. What email did I get yesterday? Oh. Uh, I've noticed that your product's not in stock right now. Maybe you should do something because people want to buy it. We're like, that was from, That was from Amazon. Amazon yeah. told us we should put more Searsalls in stock because we don't have any, yet they're holding us back from putting it any in stock because... They literally removed the search term from the thing and only put up the knockoffs. It's so crazy. Like, they didn't kill the knockoffs, which, like, aren't made to the same standards and, frankly, probably aren't safe because they don't care about things like balance no. and whether or not they're going to fall up, over. I'm going to interject. Straight up, not safe. You, what people say about them, you know, that they emit green, yellowish gases coming off of them. You know, not only in our knockoff, but in other knockoffs, I've seen like black metal dust coming out of them. Like all the knockoffs are garbage. They are not worth the money. Yeah, well, and, and they, they're sold out now because no one can buy the real anymore. So everyone bought the fake. Yep. I'm convinced you know? that Amazon is making and selling the knockoffs. And this is all just an Amazon thing. 
while I appreciate your conspiracy theories, Nastasia, I mean, I really do. I'm not just being here. I think uh, that's giving them too much credit. That's like saying that the U.S. government can do any conspiracies. They can't. They're too dumb. You know what I mean? Like, not dumb. I, I don't mean it that way, people. If, if you work in the government, that's not what I mean. What I mean is, wow. is you know, look, you know, it's like one person can can paint the Sistine Chapel. Five people can't even paint a house. Do you know what I'm saying? Because they interfere with each other and they can't get, get their work done. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't trust that, they're, that they can accomplish anything like that. Anyway, whatever. That's just me. Um, okay. So, uh, Phil, Phil Bravo. Or should I say, Phil I, Bravo! I just want to say, Dave, that felt like the most Christmas thing of first... Uh, you're doing basically Dan Aykroyd with his like, this is a bag of glass and little Johnny. <laughs> you know, how are you going to hurt yourself yeah. with this? Uh, yeah, what was then, the name of that toy company again? Straight. Like everyone's, I can't even remember, but it's like, you turned into everyone's uncle who at the end was like, five people can't even go like paint a house. The government's not going to fix it. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is the most Christmas morning I've had. You know? Listen, 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 I'm here for you. If you can't, See your crazy Uncle Larry and your crazy Uncle Ralph. I'm here for you, people. Crazy Uncle Dave. Oh, my God. Uh, you know what? I am, in fact. So, like, the, like, most of my nieces and nephews, let's just put it this way. They didn't really get me, right? They don't really get me. Like, I'm not their cup of tea. But my, they, like, uh, they, 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 I'm growing on them, right? I'm growing on them. Actually, the, the ones who moved to Atlanta, like, they're, they're, they're pro me, right? But the... Uh, the youngest of all of them, Mabel, she has always been on my side. So Mabel has always been down with Crazy Uncle Dave. However, she does refer to me as Crazy Uncle Dave, which I appreciate. You know, everyone needs a Crazy Uncle XYZ. You don't need two, one. Uh, yeah, well, I'm here for you, Phil. So are you here for me? Are you going to do it? Oh, no. I'm, I'm here for you, Dave. Okay. All right, all right. All right, Wait, do Phil, it. Do you have no, any I'm, plugs? I'm, do you have any plugs my, before you before you go and sing and get I off? I, yeah, I don't. I don't think I have any plugs. My my plugs are. Uh, it sounds like those charities that you mentioned uh, are amazing. Everyone should. Do you own philbravo.com? Do you own philbravo.com? Uh, that's a good question. It feels like something I probably like bought ten years ago, like late at night and drunk. So how so, do people get in touch with you when they want to hire you for voiceover work, which is what you should be doing? Yeah. Well, if you, you Google, like, if you Google Phil Bravo, basically you're going to find a uh, very successful high school football coach. So, you know. How's his voice? I don't think very good. But I keep on getting emails from, like, random kids that are like, I'm in, coach. <laughs> are you also going to sing, put me in, coach, I'm ready to play today? <laughs> I really, I really should. That's more of a high register song. You got to get that like Fogarty, and they, you're a different kind of jerk than your man Fogarty. So um, the Phil's uh, email is philbravo at gmail dot com, right, Bill? It yeah, is and he's happy to set up one on one one on one Zoom recorder lessons for you. I am. You want some? Feet. You want some voiceover work? That's great. Also, yeah, so support mm. music education in your communities, everybody. That's a good Christmas thing. All right, do it. <laughs> Grinch it up. Do it. <laughs> that was my plug. Uh, all right, uh, Dave, can you give the can you give me the, the like the clarinet lead in? Oh, uh, like I, the... I now only have the. Hold on a second. You got, my mind's erased. Like what's going on constantly in my head now is the Heat Miser song. 
You know what I mean? That song is so amazing. So that's all I have in my head. Oh, that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I just did it. I think that was it. So you've got... Dave. You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. You really are a heel. You're as cuddly as a cactus. You're as charming as an eel, Mr. Grinch. You're a bad banana with a greasy black peel. And oh, I that's so on, strong. But I think that's what you're looking for, right? It's so good. Oh, that's yeah. <laughs> so good. Wait, are you also a rotter? Uh, you're, I'm a rotter. Uh, yeah. My heart is, and I don't know if you know this, but actually full of unwashed socks. And my soul is yeah? full of gunk. It's a whole thing. So yeah. <laughs> here's, here's something that I did not know until this year, which I'm ashamed to say. He's not saying tomato squash because I um, – it's not a tomato squash. I was like, what the hell is a tomato squash? And I looked it up. I was Googling forever it's to try to find this elusive – Splotched, Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I thought that so there was a squash. That would actually, and I felt, yeah, yeah, that would be an amazing thing to make. You can make a dead tomato splotched with moldy purple spots. That's Mr. a good solid uh, holiday cheer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's like the best. We can just, I, you know what? I'm actually doing that right now. I am fermenting. I'm making my uh, fermented uh, salsa recipe. So I, I, I have some tomatoes, but they're not. They're fermenting. That doesn't. That doesn't count, right? It needs to be purple splots or whatever it is uh hey thank you phil thanks, thanks. what Here other good help. deep voice things are there phil what someone requested what was Anything the one I that do, someone Dave? requested well there's Dave. i'm dreaming of a white christmas yeah oh. white christmas is but that's not a deep voice register that's more i mean you're, you don't strike me as the bing crosby type yeah i'm not that smooth yeah Maybe you could do the Andrew Sisters. That would be amazing. If you did like all if you did all of the Andrew Sisters parts but like three octaves down on that album. Oh like, wait, Phil. Okay. Give me some Malikiki Maka, Phil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malikiki Maka is the Yeah, they can do that. Or yeah, yeah. Phil, you could like you could rickroll people in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's not Christmas. Rick Astley is not a Christmas character. Wait, Phil, do Dave, we had to do um what was the one we just did, Phil, for Pat? Um, wonderful Christmas time. Oh, the yeah, yeah, wonderful oh, Christmas geez. time. Can you yeah, give that us video a preview? Will be that video out, is so. gonna come. Yeah. So what? Can you just do a little bit? No, I'm not gonna. I don't want to give that up. Oh. I did the whole. I, I did the whole uh, guitar. The guitar solo in there, or I think it's a guitar. The guitar solo I did vocally. So that's gonna what? be some. <laughs> some uh, watch. Watch YouTube, everyone. It's coming. The YouTube. Uh, all right. Wait, so listen, yeah, is, I'm going to research. Is your, did a Barry White... What? Is your band yeah. going to have a Grinch? Like, you should have... You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, as a video. Are you going to do that? Uh, we, he's a, he won't because he's a rotter. Mm. Also, I think Spike Jones's novelty band would be, like, the best band name. Yeah? <laughs> Wasn't that... What was the name of his band? No, I think just naming it Spike Jones's novelty oh, band. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, that didn't sell. Didn't land, Dave. Didn't land. It's fine. It's good. Take it All out right. of your five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, any any sort of, uh, if you need some sort of, like, uh, throw Ravencroft back from the dead or any of that stuff. First of all, like, that name 
is an amazing name. Like, if your last name is Ravencroft and your mom looks down and is like, you know what? Thurl. Right? How strong is that? Like, you're set up for life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, how lucky to get born with Ravencroft as your last name. It looks so hardcore. What if, if Phil, you, if you have a kid, it should be Ravencroft Bravo. That would be so cool. Oh, man. Bravo's a great last name, Phil. Yeah, I can't I'm not complain. saying your parents botched it with the Phil, but <laughs> I'm saying like... Hey, Phil. <laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil. Tell Dave what your name was yeah. gonna be. And then what you were gonna do with that name if you had if they had? I don't even remember what? this, Nastasia. This is the other thing with Nastasia. You say something once because because you know it'll make her laugh, Phil... and then she's like a two year old. She's like, "Do it again." Phil was supposed to be Nick Bravo. Oh, Nick Bravo. That's my case, middle name. Yeah, in that case, you would have been selling cars in Florida. Oh, is what you said. Oh yeah, <laughs> Nick solid Nick... used car like Nick Bravo. Damn glad to meet you. Nick What's Bravo is definitely you in this uh... used Kia. Nick Nick Bravo is definitely better with a handgun than the Phil Bravo is, right? I mean, Nick, <laughs> you know. Well, it's also like I think. Uh, does everyone have the what you were going to be named if you were a girl? I was going to be Kelly because it was the seventies, uh, Dave. So oh, Kelly right. Bravo would yeah. not have landed in the same way. Kelly Bravo, yeah, man, I don't know. Probably same GB, Phil. Yeah, same vocal range is the problem. Just yeah. like I am Kelly. <laughs> Well, Nastasia, would you have been? Would you have been uh, Joey because they ended up having one? And that's what they chose a boy, I think or would have been Michael? Michael, yeah. Michael Oddly, Lopez? they were going to name her. They were going to name her Thurl. Yeah. <laughs> or you might look at Nastasia and be like, "Hey, yo, Mike Lopez." That's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Mike. Mike Lopez and Nick Bravo here to here to get you in a Ford F one fifty. Well, it would have been it would have been uh, Kelly Bravo at that point. Would have been Mike Lopez and Kelly Bravo, which yeah, I'd buy a car. I'd buy a car for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So listen, stay on, Phil, because uh, maybe you can chime in if you if you don't have to go teach recorder to uh, small children who are uninterested. Uh, by the way, Phil, uh, you're, do you enjoy uh, organ music? I, I, you know, from time to time. You mean like full out like Bach organ music? Or yeah. Do you mean like yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it, it's got its it's got its place in time. You ever walk into a church and not know there's going to be organ music, and then there's organ music, and you're like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> yes, I I walk into a church and I do a full out, "Oh yeah." Oh, Every time snap. there's organ music, I love it. But, <laughs> like, an organ, yeah. an organ is like, it's one of those instruments that like you can see why they put those into a church because it rattles your whole body. It's like a religious experience. A good organ, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but, the the other thing is that if you watch the organ footwork, it's remarkable. It's crazy. Yeah. There's yeah, the, if you, if the Cameron Carpenter. Look, look up Cameron Carpenter. Is crazy, that a modern uh, organist? Organ. I'm more of an E Power Bigs man myself. It is. Yeah. Ooh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. No, he's he's like uh, he's like the rock star of organ these days. That's right. It's true. It's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Organ's cool. I wit- yeah, yeah, yeah. Organ's good. All right. So uh, Jake Jake wrote in via email, I'm interested in whipping beer with aquafaba. Oh, my God. What is with people? Without <laughs> having to whip it, do you have a ratio that works for you? Jacob, uh, no, I don't. Listen, listen. Why? Wait, do we know why? Listen, listen. No more aquafaba questions. Like, just no more. Listen, listen, listen. No listen, more. Listen, 2021, listen. no more. Here's the thing. There's two ways this can go. I have actively resisted aquafaba, not because it's bad, 
but just because so many other people are working on it that I didn't feel I needed to work on it. Right? Nastasi, is that not a fair reason? You think it's disgusting too. I've never had it. You think I mean, the concept I, is disgusting. I've eaten chickpeas. I love chickpeas. Anyways, my point is this. Uh, you know you can now buy aquafaba powder? It's like powderized aquafaba. Anyway, uh, I've never investigated chickpea hydrocolloids because I have plenty of purified hydrocolloids that I can work with if I want to. However, I feel, and John, maybe John can weigh in because he has no hatred one way or the other, that maybe I should just take the time to work with it so when people ask me the question, I can just be like, here's your answer. No. Hey, you want to know another uh, Christmas uh, Christmas kick in the in the Kahunis is uh, for years I've been telling people that they should go to Mark Power and Sons in Guntersville, Alabama, for oh. all their soda needs. God, yeah. right? And Nastasia is so sick of carbonation questions. I think we have a couple on this thing. She's so sick of carbonation questions that like every day she made John call me and be like, "Have you done your carbonator video yet?" So we don't have to talk about it. Have you done it? Have you done it? Have you yeah. done it? And so finally I did it, finally, like after years. And I've been dealing with Mark Power and Guntersville, Tim specifically, there for 20 years or more. And right when I do the video is when they're like, you know what? We're getting out of the business. Oh, my God. <laughs> and like in the video, I have the part numbers. I'm like, here's Tim's telephone number. I'm like, well, can I talk to Tim? Tim doesn't work here anymore. I was like, oh, God. But, uh, John, I don't know if you can call it up before the show's over. They gave us a replacement house to deal with. Um, because if you're a company, if you're like a bar or a restaurant, you can, do, you can buy all the stuff from Fox Beverage. But uh, they won't sell to individual humans. But if you can find it, John, that would be uh, helpful. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find it. From Brian, uh, I have a bunch of Hachia persimmons, the astringent variety. I want to make uh, hoshigaki, you know, the ones that are not the flat ones, but the ones, the persimmons that you hang on strings and you kind of massage them and they, they turn into like little like like uh, sugar-bloomed pruny things. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but don't want to wait and hang them up and massage them daily. Uh, they get that wonderful sugar bloom when dry. Do you have any shortcuts on how to make them in a dehydrator time and temperature? Uh, I don't. I've never done it. Do you think the same effect would be possible in a dehydrator? Thanks, Brian. Um, look, in life, most things that take a long time, there are ways to do it quickly. The results might not be or probably will not be the same. That doesn't mean that they'll be bad. I'm going to say that you should do the same thing that uh, Nastasia Lopez and I do when we do our apple heads because it's not like we have all day to wait around and make uh, millions of apple heads. Uh, I would use and, we loosely. Uh, <laughs> do you own a dehydrator? All you got to do is stick them in there. Okay, you know what? No respect for what I do. Eat it. <laughs> so it's like what you have to do is you have to build – you can take the, the rack that you have, take everything off, and if you have an Excalibur – right? Uh, and depending on the length you do, I, I guess you should use twine. Uh, I would make cop. I used copper because I wasn't eating them. And I had a lot of copper around little copper hangers. So you bend a, you bend like a cross, almost like a Christmas tree stand into the bottom, punch it through and then make a hook and you can hang them. So none of them are touching. And then it's just a question of getting your, uh, temperatures right. So you don't get case hardened. What you're worried about here is case hardening. Uh, if you're going to do the, the uh, persimmons, though, I wouldn't put copper into them. I would just get a length. Uh, I, would, I would get um, bamboo skewers, and I would cut them into pieces 
uh, and then thread thread the stuff through with like a larding needle and tie the skewer so it doesn't fall off the thing. Uh, but then you'll have to fashion a hook. I mean, the copper really was nice in that respect. Maybe you could get non-reactive uh, stainless wire and uh, do it the easy way like I do. But that's that's how I would do it. I would hang them in the dehydrator, and I know it works fine for apple heads, but apparently I don't because I've apparently never worked on apple heads with Nastasi before. Okay. I miss apple heads, Dave, don't you? Uh, yeah, but now do you have that song going through your head? Yeah. Apple-headed doll. In the... Anyway, uh, did we ever make an apple head doll with fur boots? No. Or Reeboks with the straps? No. We should have. We made a Jay-Z apple head. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. That's what you said uh, at at our favorite uh, drug front uh, event that we did, where we went to a bar who shall remain, which shall remain nameless, and we flew all the way across the country to do this event. And they're like, I don't know, make like five cocktails. What does it matter? We don't need to make money. This is a drug front. Isn't that what they said? Yes. Bar in L.A. (laughs) <laughs> it doesn't matter he doesn't work there anymore so we can just say what it is uh-huh. harvard and stoned yeah 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 anyway uh i don't wow. know harvard and stoned look uh, we're kidding matt it's a joke <laughs> all right yeah <laughs> This episode brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN, we care about reducing waste across our food system, from farms to home kitchens. We know that about half of the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where Appeal comes in. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruits and vegetables. Because here's the thing, less waste doesn't just mean that we're throwing less food away, it also means we throw away less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system, from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us to conserve our precious resources to ensure that we have fresh food to meet our growing needs. Appeal, food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. Michael Murno wrote in, hey, not sure who to reach out to, but here it goes. I recently batched up some eggnog in order to let it mature in time for Christmas. I used six cups of cream slash whole milk. So that means like a mixture of cream and whole milk, I guess. A dozen egg yolks, a pound of sugar, and about four to five cups of, so that's like a quart and a half, quart, like a fifth and a fraction, of uh, rum brandy bourbon uh, by, uh, by measure, Uh, Let's say it's four cups because in the end you did it to taste. Uh, I know you've talked about aged eggnog on the show, but can't seem to find the episode in the back catalog. So I'm wondering if you could just briefly talk about it so I could have a soundbite to reassure my wife that I am not trying to poison her. Are you not trying to poison her, Michael? I don't know. Uh, Here's the thing. It all depends on time plus uh, alcohol and sugar. So the the two things that you have in there that are going to stop the eggs from... uh, the, The cream is not a problem. It's either going to spoil or it's not, but it's not a problem. What everyone is theoretically worried about is the uh, is the salmonella in the eggs. And the interesting thing about eggnog recipes is that the longer you keep them, not the better they get, although some people think so. Nick Bennett, uh, our friend Nick Bennett, has aged them for I don't know how many years and brought them out. Um, but you need to keep them for a certain length of time in order for all the bacteria to die because they don't die right away uh, from the from the eggs. Uh, and the amount of time it takes is going to depend on the alcohol and the sugar level, both of which are going to inhibit the salmonella. And I would just check your, there is published online, uh, Rockefeller University has the, they did the famous challenge test where they inoculated their eggnog recipe 
with salmonella and waited to see how long it took to kill all the salmonella. And so if your alcohol and sugar levels are anywhere close to theirs, I would uh, give that uh, little uh, paper soundbite to the family and reassure them that uh, while in fact they will die, it won't be from that. Wait, so Dave, are you saying that the eggnog that Phil made that year, it was with eggs and he served it immediately, was not... Okay. Well, we all know oh, yeah. that you guys don't care about each other. No, that's what I was saying. I that 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 was one of the most irresponsible things in the world. I think that maybe what you did is tried to save everybody. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> by by sabotaging it. Look, uh, look. Yeah. I there is no. Re- I, I'm pretty positive. I gave like 63 people uh, salmonella that year. Oh Merry in, Christmas. In the real life. In the real life. Right. Uh, you know, a lot, and I don't know. I don't. I don't honestly know. It would be interesting. I could probably look it up. A chart on um, salmonella incidence in eggs per thousand year by year, right? Because um, obviously, the more um, confined the hens are, the the larger the chance for a contamination uh, in the, in in your egg supply. Uh, but there are so, and so the art, people have always also said, oh, I'm, I'm not worried about it because I only use organic eggs where like I'm a friend with the chicken. I'm like, there is no evidence that. Bill, your eggs were from the deli on 48th and 9th, right? Exactly. They, <laughs> yeah, they literally, they, they he's put friends the with the bodega guy. Free. Yeah. He's yeah. friends with the bodega guy. Uh, By that you mean the bodega cat, I think. Yeah. 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 And that's who was pooping out the eggs. The, the cat ate the chicken and pooped out the eggs. Yeah. But Dave, isn't it, a, isn't it a thing like supply chain? Isn't theoretically because the trucks are now refrigerated in a way they weren't in like the 60s that theoretically there's a lower instance of salmonella regardless? I don't this think that's true. Maybe. The internet lied to me? I, I, look, all I'm saying is, is that in the absence of data, I'm just going to go say I don't know the data. But what I, what I will say is that um, there are many recipes uh, that call for raw egg, like Caesar salad, um, and they're, you know, you're just rolling the dice, and that's dice that we roll on the regular, you know what I mean? Or you can pasteurize the egg yolks uh, if, if you want, or pasteurize the whole eggs if you have an immersion circulator, or you can buy pasteurized eggs. Um, but that's just, uh, you know, it's one of those, uh, what's it called? Uh, risks that, that people take. And the, you know, one of the, the big things is just letting people know that they're taking the risk. And most people who are on the younger non-immunocompromised side are willing to take the risk of eating a raw egg every now and again. Right. I, I like Dave that the, uh, your answer to the question started with like, and then you can give your wife this white paper that, uh, outlines why it's relatively <laughs> safe. And then you ended with. You know, I mean, you drive a car. That's dangerous. Drink the eggnog. I mean, no. Am I wrong? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and again, the, the party in question that Nastasia is talking about, I did not inform people that they were all drinking raw egg because uh, I, I, I was not responsible as a human at that point in my life. That uh, checks out, Phil. That checks yeah. out. Yeah. So apologies to everybody. Yeah, from wet market dynamics via Twitter. Uh, we have been using your, oh, you like that? We have been using your French fry recipe. Uh, do you have a comparable recipe technique for potato chips? Hashtag not a Thanksgiving question. This is an old one. Uh, I'm actually working on one for uh, the uh, forthcoming uh, someday book, The Miracle of Moisture Management. I have run over the past month probably. 
25 potato chip tests. Uh, and here's a question for you people. You people meaning anyone who can hear this. What is your ideal chip? And you have to, and Nastasia has a chip she says she's going to send me because she has an ideal chip out where you are, right, Nastasia? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the real question is, is uh, everyone gets hyped up on the uh, variety of the potatoes. Yeah, true, fine, uh, as far as it goes. But it's really like thickness, crunch level, color. I think Deep texture. River is pretty good for a mass-produced chip, no? So you like them, th- you like them hard? Yeah. So like not like a crispy lace. Do you care how dark the potato is? Because that's the thing. Um, I think the darker it is, the more I'm like, oh, it's going to be harder, so it's going to be good. So you like a dark chip? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so a lot of people don't like a dark chip. And in fact, a lot of work that's done in potato chip. So like, I'll just say this. The, 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 the great divide in potato chips is like old school kettle where it's basically slicing almost directly into the oil, right? Versus some form of soak or blanch where you're blanching it and soaking it. And, um, you know, if you're you're not doing a soak or a blanch beforehand, right? The the soak and the blanch is not just to get rid of extra starch, right? But to get rid of sugars on the outside. And if, if you get rid of those sugars, those, those sugars cause it to go brown if it's cooked. Also, the thicker you slice it, the more brown it's going to be because you cook because you cook longer. So, you know, if you don't care, right, then you can stay on the kettle side. If you do care about it getting brown, then you um, you need to go um, you need to go through one of these procedures that I, that I've been working on. And the other little the other little tidbit is is that you want a high specific gravity potato because you want the lowest moisture content potato, the highest solids ratio potato going in. Uh, but that's all I can say about it right now. For more, you'll have to wait till I'm done with my test and I have a definitive idea of what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, all right. Uh, Jeebus, I got so it's many. 10, 10. From, uh, yeah, but we didn't answer anyone's uh, questions. Hold on a second. Here, hey, Dave, Nastasia, uh, Matt in the COVID booth, uh, and also Phil, they, Mark doesn't know you're here, Phil, but, you know, I'm welcoming you in, in my format. <laughs> uh, I've recently started working at a deli at a grocery store, and we have a couple of Rationale Combi ovens, which we use for reheating cryovac food items and for cooking the ubiquitous roast chicken to go, uh, chicken breasts that are eventually diced up for salads, wraps, and joints, and et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I've been slightly alarmed by the temperatures that we cook to. The chicken is uh, done until it's probed at 190 Fahrenheit. Ouch! The beef at 154 Fahrenheit. At Booker, what's 154 Fahrenheit in Celsius? Um, 68. 68, zikes! And the brisket at 172. Brisket's fine if you're doing higher temp stuff like, like, uh, like barbecue style. Uh, I find these temps to be high and the enemies of quality, especially the chicken breasts, which are dry and chalky out of the oven. I believe that. Uh, I believe that you referred to these ovens being pretty accurate over about 140. Well, they're accurate in the, in the average, right? So they'll swing like 10 degrees or so uh, or more, but the, their average is pretty accurate. And I'm wondering if there's any danger in doing these products at a lower temp like I would do in my home, my circulator. Uh, my thought is that we have these expensive, accurate machines and we, we would be providing a better product if the temperatures were more in line with modern cooking thought. I do uh, not, however, want to put anyone, including the immunocompromised people and infants, in danger. Where should my limits be? And should I uh, just let sleeping dogs die? Um, yeah, so see, what do they do chicken to? 
190, that's just like, that's like crack smoking temperature. That's just crazy. Just like, t- yeah, yeah, take it down. There's no need to cook that high. There's no need to cook that high, especially if you, if you can temp it and then cook it longer. If you can get it up to like a known uh, good pasteurizing temperature and then let it ride, then you've, uh, you've got a little bit of a thermal thing. And the, the, like, I don't even, I've never even heard of 190. That's just, what's 190 in Celsius, Booker? 190 Fahrenheit? Yeah. 88. 88? Oh, my God. You heard that right. Jesus. That is, that is, look, the chicken died. You've killed the chicken. Don't kill it again. John, you with me on this? Yeah, absolutely. That's criminal what's happening there. Yeah. Remember that? that that's one of my favorite lines from, uh, from uh, Big Night. It's a criminal. It's a criminal. That's, that's uh, you know, Shalhoub's great. I mean, like Shalhoub's done a lot of good work, but the Shalhoub and the and the Tucci in in, uh, in that movie class. Which one of you people hadn't seen it? Matt, have you seen it yet? I, I have seen it. I saw it. I watched it early in the pandemic. It was great. Yeah. All right. Nice. Great movie. Uh, Sergio wrote in. Uh, hope I'm not uh, leaving anyone out. Uh, you know, list of people. Uh, I know the Hammer does not like Aussie accents. She told me the last time I tried to convince her to visit for food and art. But we are not all Crocodile Dundee. I should hope not. That movie does not hold up, people. If you go back and you watch Crocodile Dundee, it does not hold up. It's like saying all New Yorkers are Simpsons-style of rednecks. But whoa, whoa, none of us are like that. You're thinking of two different people. You got your rednecks. So if you want to see, like, rednecks and New Yorkers in the same, like, you have to, I can tell you where to go then to go see to Florida, every- I think. Well, Rednecks but... <laughs> and New Yorkers, it's just Florida. No, but if you just want to do it by car, like, you could go check out the Swamp Yankees up in, like, you know, uh, northern Connecticut, right? Right, John? I could say yeah. that. You're a nutmegger. You like yeah. a Swamp Yankee, right? Anyway, um, like, you know, we, we have our own we have our own rednecks here in the Northeast. People don't remember that. They're like, oh, it's all you coastal elites. Not true. We have real rednecks here. You know what I mean? Anyone going to back me up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Um... I once looked at a, a, at a property, we couldn't afford it to buy it, get this, on the Connecticut River, right? And so there's a kind of a blue collar side of the Connecticut River and, and a fancy Dan side of the Connecticut River. I'm not going to say what side John uh, is on right now, but it's the fancy side. Fancy, so yeah. I was on the other side and ev- everyone's dream is to have a plot of land on the river because it comes with a, with a God-given right to have your own dock. And that means you can have your own boat on the Connecticut, right? So they, these these... Basically, the, the plots of land were the width of the slips so that people could put their docks out. And I went to go look at it in November, and the, the person who was going to uh, – was showing me his property, right? They kind of had running water, but the, like, like a Nastasia favorite thing, like the bathroom was kind of outside of their, of their trailer thing. And he was outside shirtless – cooking over a tire fire, slugging rum out of a Captain Morgan's handle. All right? Now, don't anyone tell me that we don't have our own rednecks up here. Anyway. Um, Oh, I didn't get to the question. Anyway, not trying to convince her anymore. Dave, you should visit uh, and bring Harold. Uh, Question time now. I have seen black garlic. We're going to have one of those lunches. Oh, gee. He just said, don't bother. You're not going to go. Oh, you, you would go. Come on. Uh, I have seen black garlic recipes for the rice cooker. Tried it and done it. Seen black onion recipes, which apparently need a bit more moisture. I tried shallots, uh, and they just disappeared. I guess they need 
more moisture. Uh, I never tried shallots. Uh, question is, for some reason I have a mental block on shallots because the French love them so much that I've never gotten into them. Is that unfair? I like a fried shallot, like a crispy fried shallot. But like, like who the hell wants to peel all those things and, and then uh, do I the... like shallots more than onions in stuff. Really? Do you enjoy the, cro- the cross, the shallion? You ever use those, Nastasia? The shallions? No, yeah. That sounds good. They're like long, like a shallot, but bigger, like an onion, and the taste is right in between. John, do you Oh, you, yes. You, they're yeah. good. Yes. Yeah, they're good. Yeah, they're good. And they're not as much of a pain. First of all, shallots, you're like, I got to peel all these. And then when you take the outside layer off, they're like, ah, it's actually two things inside that you need to peel again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hate. Hate it. Um, all right. Uh, question is, oh, uh, question is, will the sugars on corn work the same way as the garlic? Could you make sweet black corn, even theoretically? Uh, love your show. And am Argentinian in Melbourne, so not the Hammer's average Aussie accent, for sure. Uh, listen, I don't think so. Uh, I had looked, this question came in a while ago, but because we've had a bunch of guests, uh, I haven't got a chance to answer it. And um, I'm pretty sure that it's it's not just the sugar it's the uh very complicated sulfur chemistry that's going on in different alliums and that's why it happens with different alliums but it might be possible to do a mix of uh like garlic and corn or something like that and get get an interesting uh result um but you know i don't know let me let me let me know but i would guess not i've hold, i've held things that have some sugar in them for several days in a rice cooker and not had things change but i haven't tried corn um, oh, Crookshank wrote in via the chat room. Uh, what's the best way to remove skins from chickpeas? They've tried baking soda, but the removal is still a pain. Uh, I don't have a good thing for that. John, do you have a good chickpea uh, removal? Um, hey, idea? this is the last question. Hold up. Do you have one, John? John is gone. Hmm. No, I'm sorry, dogs that? keep barking. Uh, no, I do not. Yeah. And I think Kenji wrote about this as well for like a good hummus. And he says there is no good way to remove the skins. It's just tedious work. Yeah. You know what else sucks? Removing the skins off of almonds. I don't care what people say. Like, first of all, you've ruined that dish towel now. You guys all know what I'm talking about? Yes. You, you rubbed it. Dish towel ruined. Or like. Just buy them. Okay. Merry Christmas. Hold up, hold up. Can I sharpen serrated knives with sharpening stones? Uh, the, spider Google coat. it. Merry spi- Christmas. Spiderco makes a special uh, sharpener to sharpen serrated things, but you cannot do it with a uh, regular um, stone. stone. Goodbye. Wait. No, Dave. 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 Hold Dave, on. We have a bunch it? of. Hold on. We have a bunch of questions that we didn't Goodbye, get everybody. to. Goodbye, everybody. I'm out. Okay. You're bye. When's our next show, John? Next week. Are we doing a show next week? Yeah. So get over it. I didn't know we were doing a next show next week. That's why I couldn't find out because you're so willing to Matt, tell people is to there blow a show off next week. I, I was gonna do whatever you wanted to do. There you go. All right. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs> <laughs> Christmas with Nostar. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Now you guys know. Enjoy. We have a meeting at ten thirty. At Oh, and we're going to prep so much for the next 13 minutes that I can't die. I'm not going to think about it even. People, if I have a meeting with you, I'm not thinking about it until 30 seconds beforehand. Just as you know, happy holidays, cooking issues. Cooking issues is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. 
Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.